Hey, it's Lily Jamali. Marketplace Tech has a new limited series out on YouTube called Decoding Democracy. With rapid advancements in new technology like AI, disinformation efforts are more convincing and more misleading than ever. So we'll be discussing how to spot things like deep fakes, how to protect yourself from disinformation, and how to talk to your friends and family about it. As always, this fact-based journalism and vital information will be free and accessible to all. As a public service newsroom, donations from you help us take on ambitious reporting projects like this one. Every single gift makes a difference. Go to marketplace.org slash give tech. Hey, it's Lily Jamali. Marketplace Tech has a new limited series out on YouTube called Decoding Democracy. With rapid advancements in new technology like AI, disinformation efforts are more convincing and more misleading than ever. So we'll be discussing how to spot things like deep fakes, how to protect yourself from disinformation, and how to talk to your friends and family about it. As always, this fact-based journalism and vital information will be free and accessible to all. As a public service newsroom, donations from you help us take on ambitious reporting projects like this one. Every single gift makes a difference. Go to marketplace.org slash give tech. Driverless cars deal with more trust issues. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace Tech. I'm Matt Levin. Back in August, the autonomous vehicle industry was riding high. Regulators in California had just allowed driverless taxis in San Francisco to compete 24-7 with Ubers and Lyfts, a major AV milestone. Fast forward three months and the California DMV has suspended the robo-taxi company Cruise from operating anywhere in the state. Federal regulators have also opened a probe into multiple incidents involving Cruise cars. Cruise is owned by General Motors. Andrew Hawkins is the transportation editor for The Verge and has reported on the long-awaited autonomous vehicle revolution for years now. He explains what went wrong with Cruise, starting with a grisly accident. There was a, uh, a hit and run uh, involving a pedestrian. Uh, the hit and run vehicle driven by a human uh, hit this pedestrian. She was flung into the path of a cruise vehicle that was a driverless vehicle at the time. There was nobody in the car uh, and the cruise vehicle inadvertently ran her over. Uh, but then instead of stopping where it was, it proceeded to execute what was called a pullover man- maneuver. It was trying to pull over to the side of the road. Uh, the woman was trapped under the vehicle at the time, and she was drug around 20 feet to the curb uh, where she sustained further injuries. And she's still in, in pretty bad shape in the hospital. Um, and then the way Cruz responded, according to the DMV, they sent video to, to regulators, but they left out about seven seconds of the video showing the, the cruise vehicle dragging the woman to the side of the street. Cruz denies this, uh, but it did factor into the uh, DMV's decision to pull the permit. In the piece that you wrote for The Verge last week, uh, you said these robo-taxis have serious trust issues. Can you elaborate on what exactly you mean by that? Yeah, so I, I think it has a lot to do with the way that these companies are communicating with the cities, with the regulators. You're seeing that there's just huge gaps in what the companies are trying to portray as some of the advantages of the technology versus what these city officials are saying. And I think what it really all sort of comes down to is there's a lack of national standards and federal regulation around 
uh, the deployment of autonomous technology. And that's because Congress has not passed any any legislation uh, uh, sketching out what it wants uh, to uh, from these companies. Uh, there is a voluntary system for disclosure that exists uh, since the Obama administration, uh, but there aren't any mandates in terms of what the companies actually have to disclose. So there's just a lot of gaps in what the companies are actually required to say to the government. And that leads, I think, to a breakdown of trust. And without trust, no one's going to use this technology and these companies are going to fail ultimately, especially if people perceive them to be uh, dishonest or incompatible with sort of the, you know, how city life is expected to, to unfold. What types of data would be valuable for regulators to have that AV companies are not currently disclosing? Well, uh, the companies um, uh, will claim that a lot of this data is proprietary. It's, it's a trade secret. And if it was out in the public, it would undermine their business in terms of how they are competing with the, with their, with other companies. Um, which, especially in a place like California, that carries a lot of weight. Uh, but that said, we just, there's just a lot we don't know about how this technology operates. It's basically a black box. And so we just don't know much about their vision systems, their perception systems, uh, the way that AI, uh, is being used. All that we get from them is, is marketing material, essentially. A lot of boasting about how great their technology is and how it never gets tired or distracted the way that human drivers do. Uh, but we lack a lot of the detail about how the technology, the nuts and bolts of how the technology works. And in that way, it, it, there's just a, this this big gap between what what they what the companies say and what would actually be useful to regulators in terms of the, uh, the disclosures and the transparency that they might receive. We'll be right back with Andrew Hawkins at The Verge on whether autonomous vehicles really are safer than human drivers. You're listening to Marketplace Tech. I'm Matt Levin. We're back with Andrew Hawkins from The Verge. That argument that uh, autonomous vehicles aren't perfect, but they are kind of inherently safer than human drivers, that that does seem to resonate at least with me, right? Over 40,000 Americans die in car crashes every year. Does that argument hold water with you? Yeah, it's a it's a statistic that is held up very often by the companies themselves when they are, are trying to make the case for for robot driven vehicles that there are a, 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 whole, a terrible number of people that die in, in traffic crashes every year um, and that there is a certain percentage of that that is the result of human error. Um, I, there's a lot of experts that say that there's somewhat there's some false equivalency going on here, because when we talk about human driven uh, vehicles, we're talking billions and billions of miles every year. Uh, but when we're talking robot driven vehicles, they have, uh, uh, they are far, they drive far fewer miles than human driven ones. So it's not an apples to apples comparison. Uh, and that we still need to give, um, autonomous vehicles more time to operate in the public in order to make a stronger safety case about how much safer that they potentially can be over human driven vehicles. Uh, that said, I, you know, I, I feel like the, you know, sort of the marketing pitch from the companies that, you know, their cars never get distracted. They never get drunk. They never get drowsy. Uh, is a very strong case. And I think it resonates with a lot of people, uh, especially people who have um, physical disabilities and have difficult with mobility and getting around. Uh, but that said, it still comes down to this trust numbers. And I think the companies tend to only publicly report numbers that regulators force them to report um, or that they think make them look especially good. Uh, and that's true for all car companies, not just crews that, you know, all the companies are operating in the same regulatory space. And uh, I, I think they need to start to get a little bit more serious about what they are actually disclosing and how useful the, the, the numbers and the information that they are disclosing so that we can get a better, more well-rounded picture of how this technology ac actually operates. 
Cruise obviously isn't the only robo taxi company out there. There's Google owned Waymo, which is already operating in four cities. How are the issues that Cruise is confronting affecting the entire robo taxi industry? Yeah, it's a um, it's a great question, uh, and I've heard it said many times before that none of these companies are operating in a vacuum. And I think for most people out there today, um, aren't sort of differentiating cruise uh, autonomous vehicles from Waymo autonomous vehicles. Although I think the companies would say that there's a lot of difference between how they operate, um, but it's basically sort of you know a rising tide lifts all boats, and the same goes for whatever the opposite of that, of that phrase is. Uh, and that, like it or not, all of these companies are sort of in the same boat together. Um, okay, Andrew, I, I want you to play Nostradamus for us for a second. Um, <laughs> five years from now, when I uh, stumble out of a bar at 1.30 in the morning and I open up whatever rideshare app, uh, perhaps AI is already calling for me, um, is the car that arrives probably going to be a robot? Uh, first of all, I would encourage you to take public transportation if you're sober enough to do so. To make that choice, I feel like <laughs> so often public transportation gets lost in this conversation. But yes, no. Sure. Uh, assuming that you're opening an app and summoning a car to you uh, five years from now, I, I think there's maybe a 50% chance that it's an autonomous vehicle. I, I wouldn't call it an overwhelming chance that it that it is. And I think it will depend a lot on where you live, on what state you're in. Uh, if you live in a state like Arizona or Texas that's trying to encourage more of these companies to come and test their vehicles uh, uh, on their on their roads, it's it's very likely that it'll be an autonomous vehicle. But maybe if you're in a place um, that's a little bit more skeptical about about the safety case or whether or not this technology is actually ready, uh, maybe it's going to be less likely. And I don't see anything shifting on the on the federal standpoint that's going to uh, have uh, make it so that C Congress suddenly wakes up and decides to start regulating self-driving cars. So I think that there's a, a growing chance that five years from now, there will be, it'll be an autonomous vehicle that comes and picks you up and shepherds you home, uh, you know, hopefully to uh, take some Tylenol and get a good night's sleep. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I think a lot of that will depend on where you live and how those states are responding uh, to the increasing use of these vehicles, but also the, the safety questions that are, 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 are still swirling around them. That was Andrew Hawkins at The Verge. You can read Andrew's piece on trust issues with robo-taxis and his latest reporting on Cruise's 950-vehicle recall at MarketplaceTech.org. I also recommend you check out a recent New York Times story on how GM's aggressive approach to AVs may have pushed Cruise to deprioritize safety. It also has some telling details about just how often humans are intervening remotely to assist robo-taxis. It's more often than you might think. Maybe they should call them semi-autonomous vehicles? Rosie Hughes produced this episode. I'm Matt Levin, and that's Marketplace Tech. This is APM.